As we begin looking ahead to Easter, as Christians, we prepare for the greatest celebration of our faith, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. This is the ultimate defeat of death, and it guarantees our new life in heaven. And today, we're going to focus a little bit on the season that we're in now, which is the season of Lent. This is a follow-up to yesterday's podcast, and uh, I think you guys are going to appreciate it. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're doing well wherever you are as we enter into this uh, this season where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. I've already heard from a lot of you regarding my podcast from yesterday, and I hope that it's causing you, if nothing else, I hope it's causing you to read the Bible for yourself. Uh, This is something that it took me a long time to sort of get my head around. I know that when I was a younger mom, and I've written about this in some of my books, uh, I didn't see the spiritual implications of a lot of the things that I participated in, not necessarily bad things, but even mothering, uh, the, the very real spiritual implications of the battle that I was engaging in really unwittingly every single day for the hearts and minds of my little ones as I was beginning my journey of motherhood, it has transformed the way I see myself in light of eternity. And I hope that it's doing the same thing for you. As you study the word, as you raise your children, as you walk this life out, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you. Now, uh, I'm going to talk about Lent today, and I've already had a few of you commenting about why I even brought it up yesterday in the podcast. And I understand that for those of us who are not Catholic, we don't usually celebrate Easter until, say, maybe the week that leads up to Resurrection uh, Resurrection Sunday. So like I grew up having Good Friday services. Um, we always did Palm Sunday. And, uh, and so Lent was a really new idea to me. In the, in the last decade. But I have also observed that in the last decade or so, there are more and more non-Catholics observing Lent. So what is Lent? Uh, the word Lent comes from an old English word. It means lengthening. And so it happens during the time of the year that Lent is celebrating that we observe the days growing longer with more daylight as we move from winter into spring. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I love, love, love the long days of summer here in the Pacific Northwest because we're more of a northern uh more of a northern area in the world we have very long summer days and a lot of times it won't get dark until around 10 o'clock at night unfortunately that means that our winters uh bring with them very very short days and i can't stand it i'm always like i will almost always mark my calendar for, okay this is the shortest day of the year which means tomorrow things are going to turn around and it's going to start to get light again. And I'm noticing it already. I'm noticing it's lighter in the morning and it's lighter in the evening. And I just, I really look forward to it. But that's what Lent means. It's that old English word for lengthening. And our Catholic friends have observed Lent since about 325 BC. Some people believe it was first formulated during the first council of Nicaea. So when the Protestant church separated in 1517, the idea of Lent began to diminish within the Protestant denomination. And today, Catholics obviously still practice Lent, but I've seen a lot of my Protestant friends declare that they are celebrating it too. So during the season of Lent, they're fasting, they're giving up something for 40 days. Each year, Ash Wednesday, which we saw happen last Wednesday, marks the beginning of Lent, 
and it always falls 46 days before Easter. So this year, it fell on February 22nd. My church, which is a non-denominational fellowship in Camas, Washington, has observed the season of Lent for many years. But before I attended Radiant Church, this idea was foreign to me. I really grew up in a Baptist denomination. And after that, uh, my husband and I began to pastor. He was pastoring rather in in different churches. Uh, uh, The last church he pastored at was at Calvary Chapel. And so participating in Lent or even observing it was really something I didn't know anything about. And I was really hesitant to participate at first because like many of you guys, I didn't know the history. I didn't know the context. I didn't understand the purpose or the goal. And so it really didn't make sense to just jump into it if I didn't understand it if you know what I mean. So I hope today to help you understand what Lent is for and then encourage you to pray about whether or not you and your family will participate in it. The question always comes up, and I've seen it at the show already, can we participate or should we participate in Lent or celebrate Lent if we're not Catholic? I think it's important to understand, and this is what I have come to understand, uh, largely because my son-in-law who is uh, coming up this Sunday, actually going to become the senior pastor of our church. Um, He really introduced me to the idea of celebrating Lent. He came from a Baptist tradition when he and my daughter got married over 10 years ago. And so I've been kind of fascinated by it and learning more about it ever since then. And the people of God have really used the season of Lent for thousands of years. It's been used to turn hearts and minds to the truth of scripture and to God's plan for redemption And for each and every person that has been saved and redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Christ, it's very important that we don't forget the sacrifice of Jesus. And instead of one day of reflection, like Resurrection Sunday, why not spend 40 days reflecting on the sacrifice of Jesus? So the idea of sin and repentance, so Lent gives us an opportunity to focus on what Christ has done and to enter into a season of repentance. And the idea of sin and repentance is a very biblical concept. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Paul, in one of his many letters, reminded his readers about remembering where they have come from. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, Paul wrote, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Now, it's important to remember that the Bible does not say that participation in Lent is a requirement of our faith. We need to be very careful when we add things to what the Bible says salvation requires. John 20, 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You guys, we are saved through faith alone, through our faith, through our confession of sin. When we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we say, Lord, forgive me from my sin. I wanna follow you. That's when the miraculous work of salvation occurs in our hearts. Now, some Christians have made Lent this huge, big, fat deal, right? Uh, As if the ritual secures salvation or if it acting as if it might bring some sort of blessing from God in our lives. But this kind of thinking isn't based in scripture. It's what we talked about a little bit yesterday, that our salvation is not based on works. The book of John alone contains many verses explaining that our belief in Christ 
is all that God asks us for to obtain salvation. So we can't earn it. Nothing that we do is going to impress God. The Bible says that our righteousness before him is as is as filthy rags. And as Romans explains, none of us are righteous. We've all turned away from God in our sin. And in John, Jesus taught us that it is through the Father's calling that once we come to Christ, we begin the process of becoming sanctified, becoming more like him. And God draws us to himself. So we get to choose and we get to listen to obey his calling, but we cannot earn salvation. Romans 3.28 says, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So it's our faith that makes us right with Christ. It's our faith that justifies us. So no participation in rule following, not participating in Lent or participating in it justifies us. It's our belief informs our actions. And so our works demonstrate the faith, but they don't save us in and of themselves. And so the question then becomes, should we participate uh, as non-Catholics? Should we participate in Lent? And I would say you don't have to, but you absolutely can, because while we're in Christ, we have the freedom to do anything that honors Christ and doesn't detract from another's walk. By now, you guys know about my grave concern regarding our public education system here in the United States. Our children today are being taught a revisionist history, and they're made to believe that America is systemically racist. Our monuments are being torn down, vilified, and destroyed. But in the midst of all the cultural chaos, I've got some good news for you. Created for kindergarten through second graders, the Otto's Tales storybook series by PragerU is a fun, meaningful, and easy way to bring your family closer together while passing on the values, history, and traditions that unite us all as Americans. PragerU offers over 200 free episodes, books, and magazines that are designed to bring you guys closer together. And I'm telling you what, you're going to love it. Check out the sweet storytime show for young kids that celebrates American values through classic folk tales and adventures about America's holidays, traditions, and important destinations. PragerU Kids is here to preserve American history with a new season of Otto's Tales that takes readers on adventures to visit important destinations like the Statue of Liberty, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, Mount Rushmore, and more. Learn about Otto's Tales and teach your children why America is a special place by visiting HeidiStJohn.com forward slash offers. That's HeidiStJohn.com forward slash offers. I heard a preacher once quote St. Augustine as saying, love God and then do as you please. And while I don't believe in this saying in practice, I do think in theory, I understand where he's coming from. The idea behind that is, listen, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and then do what you want. Because the idea is if we're loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we're going to do what God wants us to do. And so we have freedom to uh, do anything that honors Christ. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18 in the ESV, it says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your heavenly father who sees in secret will reward you. You guys, God sees how we live when no one else is watching. When we're not posting about our quiet times on Instagram or trying to make sure that everybody knows that we're fasting or everybody knows that we're giving something up for Lent, God sees that. 
He sees how we live in secret. He sees obviously how we live in front of other people. And there, uh, it's there that our fasting should draw us to him. So when we share about our fasting, whether it's for Lent or for another time, it should only be to lift other people up and to glorify the Lord, not to earn the praise of men. So if we approach the season of Lent as one of fasting in an effort to approach God, to draw closer to him, then we get to experience this freedom that comes from participating in Lent. Fasting can be a way to break strongholds from your life and to demonstrate the surrender that we want to have toward Christ and toward his work in our life. You guys might remember that we fasted for Bobby. Do you guys remember uh, years ago, my nephew Bobby was in a devastating car accident. He broke his neck. He broke his back. They said he would never walk again. They told us he was going to die. They they told my sister to take him off of life support. And we prayed and fasted over that boy. And God did an amazing, miraculous healing. Uh, some of you may have seen me post a couple of weeks ago that Bobby recently had a stroke. And so we again began, just went went to the Lord and were, and just prayed over the, over Bobby that God would heal him. But fasting is a biblical, uh, it's a biblical practice. So I have fasted for Bobby. I have fasted for things for the center, for the Homeschool Resource Center. I have fasted for our nation uh, before. And there are a lot of Christians that might uh, see Lent as a denominational ritual of fasting in preparation and, you know, remembrance and fasting and, uh, and giving something up so that we can be focused on God. But if God is pressing into your heart to fast, do it. Fast from whatever's going to help you remember why you're fasting. So maybe you need to fast from social media. Maybe you need to fast from uh, whatever it is that you think you might have a hard time giving up. That's probably the thing that you should be fasting for. So maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's your morning cup of coffee. Uh, I don't know. If the purpose of your fast is to lean into Christ, to honor his sacrifice by sacrificing something yourself, then go for it. God's word is full of scriptures that tell us to fast. And there are lots of documented spiritual and physical benefits to fasting, but it's not a requirement. So participating in Lent should be a response to a quiet obedience that you have before the Lord. Uh, and and you're asking the Lord to help you set something down that you've struggled to believe that you could let go or abstain from something for a season that's taken your focus and attention away from God. But any fasting that we do according to scripture should be primarily between us and the Lord. And God is pleased, you guys, when we repent from sin. And there's nothing wrong with setting aside, uh, aside time to focus on Jesus' death and resurrection. However, repenting of sin is something that we should be doing every day of the year, not just for the 46 days of Lent. So if you want to participate in Lent, I believe according to the Bible, you're free to do so. The key is to focus on repenting of sin and to dedicate ourselves to the Lord. Lent should be not a time of boasting about how we're giving things up or trying to earn God's favor or a special blessing for participating in Lent, but it should be focused on his love, God's love for us could not be greater than it already is. So before I leave today, I thought I would just read a couple of your comments as they're coming in from the interwebs. If you guys would like to, please leave a review for this show anywhere that podcasts are available, especially over at iTunes. Ashley in Pennsylvania left a review. She said, Heidi, I just want to say thank you for all you've done for the homeschool world. I've been homeschooling for seven years. And over the years, I've listened to many of your podcasts. And so thank you. She said she's always felt encouraging listening to, uh, she's always felt encouraged rather listening to my guests. So 
I appreciate that, Ashley in Pennsylvania. Thank you guys so much for that. There are several things that many of you guys have noticed that I have not been on YouTube lately, and that is because I am recovering from surgery. And so I appreciate your prayers for me. I'm doing just fine, but I'm taking a little bit of time off to get better and to get stronger and uh, in preparation for my speaking season. Speaking of the speaking season, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, you can find it at HeidiStJohn.com, but I'll be at the Ark Encounter. I'm going to be speaking at uh, the Answers for Women conference. One of my favorite conferences to go to, uh, the Ministry of Answers in Genesis, I think unparalleled in its commitment to scripture. And I so appreciate the strong stance and the unapologetic stance that they have taken for so many years now in uh, in holding a high view of scripture and, and keeping to the authority of scripture. It's an incredible opportunity. So if you guys want to come and hear me speak, check it out at Answers in Genesis. Again, I will be at their homeschool experience, which you you will not want to miss if you've got uh, young children and they've never been to the ark. Wow, you guys, I cannot recommend it more highly. And I hope you guys will check that out. Also, I will be in Round Rock for the Teach Them Diligently conference and also in Pigeon Forge. Again, these are wonderful opportunities for you to come out, to be encouraged, to sit under some wonderful teaching, to shop in the vendor halls, to find uh, resources for your families that are going to really encourage you. And I'm telling you, you, you will not be sorry that you attend these conferences. Also, I mean, come on, we're coming out of the Rona and it's an opportunity to get back together again and recount God's faithfulness. Uh, I'm watching the news as I know a lot of you are, and I'm sure I'll be commenting on this in the days to come, but I want to continue to remind you that what I said the other day, I, I absolutely believe is true. This country needs a move of God. We need a move of God. We need revival. Revival does not come apart from repentance. And so as we enter into this season of Lent where we're saying, God, search my heart, we're, hopefully we're looking to the Lord like David and saying, Father, search me, try me, see if there's any wickedness in me. Is there anything that's keeping me from clearly hearing your voice? Is there anything I'm doing that's bringing dishonor to your name? Even if I don't see it, show it to me. This is an opportunity for us to fall on our faces before the Lord. We need a national repentance. And I believe that this is a wonderful opportunity for us to come before the Lord in the quiet places of our hearts and say, Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us. We've walked away from you. We've walked away from him in our schools, in our government, and we are absolutely paying a price for it right now. And so I am praying for first for the repentance of God's people in this nation, because that's who it's going to start with. And then for revival, we need it. Because our answer is not going to come from politics. Uh, I saw my friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, post the other day about his frustration with the chaos within the Republican Party. I share that frustration. You guys, we, the answers that we need in this country are going to come from walking in right relationship with the Lord. They're not going to come from the top down. They're going to come from the bottom up. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their sin, that's that act of repentance then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. So as we move closer and closer to Resurrection Sunday, I hope you guys will join me in asking the Lord, Father, what do you want from me in this season and how can I best glorify you? That's all I got time for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, we love it if you would leave reviews for the show over at iTunes and uh, leave comments for us at YouTube. 
And also, I want to thank you for sending in questions. If you'd like to have your question answered on the air, just go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.